Tonight is November 30th, 2016. The title of tonight's message is Fortress of Confidence. Fortress of Confidence. There are, uh, um, there are superheroes in the comic book lexicon that have different types of fortresses. One is a fortress of solitude. I can assure you that if you want a fortress of confidence to be in your life, you cannot reside in a fortress of solitude. If you think that you're going to accomplish this will all by yourself, all by yourself, if you're from Louisiana, down on the bayou, by yourself, if you think that you're going to accomplish God's will for your life, if you think that you can walk in confidence by yourself, you have completely lost your mind. You've completely lost the understanding of God's word. What tonight we're going to talk about. You know how I can be so confident to talk to you about this tonight? Because I have had a few days in here where my confidence has been tried. I can feel the enemy trying to shake me at my core. And you know what's happening? It's actually made me more confident. It hasn't taken my confidence away. How many of you had some difficult days at work where you got some, some questioning going on? I mean, you got sick friends or sick family members. You got relatives that are just struggling with. You got, you got performance at work. You got what is going on here? I'm working hard and it's not giving me what I need to get. I, I'm telling you that God is here to provide for you a fortress of confidence. How many of you got some promises that you're still waiting to see fulfilled? Come on now. Has your confidence ever been shaken because you waited? Or is that just me? No, I, I, I think you guys understand where we're coming from, right? Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 14. When I, when I started studying on confidence, <laughs> it built my confidence. Yes. When I started seeing, you know, there are more than seven Hebrew words that have to deal with confidence. If you put it in the English concordance, and you just look through and you start seeing what those Hebrew words are. Seven different kinds. You know what that means? Confidence is an important item. It's a, it's a complex item that we have to get all the way around this thing. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 26 says this. Are you there? I, I ran over the opportunity for you to say there. He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. And for his children, it will be a refuge. Um, Pastor, we're talking about confidence and the word confidence isn't in this chapter, in, in this verse. Yeah, it actually is. He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. You know what it says in other translations? A strong confidence. You know what it says in the Septuagint? It says hope strength. He who fears the Lord has hope strength. A strong confidence. They have something that is just, they they don't only have hope. They not only have strength, but they have hope that's strong. They have confidence in the Lord here. How many of you need some hope strength in your life right now? Come on now. We need some hope strength to walk through this. A strong confidence. A secure fortress. I'm going to walk over here to the board. I'm going to do one paleo here for you. And that's going to be it for tonight. So there's your, this is your paleo for the evening. Because I'm dealing with seven or more different Hebrew words, I'm going to show you a few letters that are in each or in most of these words. We have this. We have a house or a family. We have a container or something that surrounds. And then we have, this is supposed to be the idea of a wall or division. Okay, this word, these letters are in most of the words that we have in the Hebrew. And they all have to deal with what? What we are allowing our family, what is surrounding our family. 
or what we allow into the wall of our home. You can have confidence if you have established your family correctly. What God is setting up as a border around you, you can stand in confidence to know that the Lord is doing something here. I may not see every promise fulfilled yet, but what I know is that what he has in here is right. What he has surrounded us here, the wall that he set around this family, is something that we can be confident in. We can walk in this. We can find a secure uh, uh, fortress. We can find our hope strength in what he is doing and how he's protecting and how he's gathering us here tonight. Let's turn to Job chapter 8. Job chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 14. Now, now normally we go through, you know, 30, 50. It's not, we've done 40 and 50 scriptures here in the sermon before. It's not the goal tonight. You can go out. You are, many of you are Bible scholars. You, you can get in there and study more about confidence all you'd like. What I'm going to do is try to give you an overview to try to encourage you to stand in confidence in what the Lord is doing. That you not lose your confidence in what God has. Take a look at Job chapter 8 and verse 14. Are you there? Look at this. What he trusts or what this person has confidence in is fragile. What he relies on is a spider's web. What an interesting thing, right? Uh, If you've heard Pastor Eric preach on Psalm 105, he could talk about Iron Man for a while. How iron gets down in your soul. Apparently, tonight I'm going to talk a little bit about (laughs) Spider-Man. We're going to have this this understanding. What about a spider web? Have you thought about, ever thought about how intricate a spider web is? Isn't it beautiful? You see, and and this spider gives of themselves to create. They literally, from their body, create a house. They create this, this web and it's beautiful and it's symmetric and it's got all this amazing characteristics to it. It was sacrificial. It took time. It took energy. And this spider has built these things. I'm, I'm told that the tensile strength, if you could compare what the strength of a spider web is and make it, you know, in our understanding, we can never construct steel that's as flexible and as strong as what a spider web is. It's incredible. He who, what he trusts in is fragile. What he relies on is a spider's web. But hold on. Um, have you ever been out in the woods? Are you walk out, let's, let's go, forget the woods. Have you ever walked out to your car in the morning? <laughs> Somehow, right across my eyeballs every time. I don't understand how that is. Somebody else was taller, I, it would miss them. But me, right across my eyeballs every time. Get the spider web. You know what happens when I walk through a spider web? It has a tensile strength that is equivalent to steel, but you know what it's not? It's not steel. From the spider's perspective, this web is incredible. It took all that the spider had. In its own strength, it is the, the most immaculate creation that has ever happened. You know what it is to me? And it's annoyance. Get to my face. I'm trying to get something off that I look like I'm a crazy man because nobody else can see it. I'm grabbing at stuff. Maybe what we trust in from our perspective feels very, very strong. But the truth is, it's as fragile as a spider's web. You guys seen AJ running around? She is like the cutest kid. AJ, uh, two years old in a few months, 
I could put 10 spider webs in a row in front of her. You know what? She just run right through. Be annoying to clean up. But the smallest child in here can walk right through a spider web. Has no strength whatsoever. How many times do we have our strength based in something? And in reality, we could talk about tensile strengths and all kind of stuff. In reality, the slightest wind can blow it over. In reality, what we put our, all of our eggs in this basket, we put all of our trust in this web, and the moment that someone walks by, it crumbles. Have you ever been embarrassed to say something to somebody when they ask you, hey, uh, Justin, why did you do that? And then you realize that you have to put into words why you just did something you did, and you're completely embarrassed by it? That's a spider web. He, I was going to say this, but now that I say it out loud, I feel really, really stupid. Why? Because you realize how fragile what you put your confidence in was. Let's look at another passage of Scripture here that helps to illuminate this to us. 2 Kings chapter 18. It's all about your perspective, what you're putting your hope and trust in. 2 Kings chapter 18. An incredible passage in Scripture. Everyone should be very familiar with this. If you're not, I encourage you. It's in 2 Kings. There's passages in 2 Chronicles. There's passages in Isaiah that speak about these same things. Let's take a look at uh, verse 19. 2 Kings 18, 19. You with me? The field commander said to them, Tell Hezekiah, Hey, tell your king, tell the king, this is, this is a message I got for your king. This is what the great king, the king of Assyria says. <laughs> well, now, okay, so this is in quotes, right? So this is the message that he's supposed to bring. So the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, is saying, this is what I want you to tell them. And I want you to start off by telling them how great I am. This is what the great king, the king of Assyria says. Oh, well, okay. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? On what are you basing this confidence of yours? It's the right question. It's the question that we should be asking ourselves. On what are you basing your confidence today? What have you set your hope in? What are you walking around and sometimes not realizing that you've, you've set your hope in this thing, but the truth is, is it's as fragile as a spider web? In this case, Sennacherib actually is looking at himself as a spider. Spider said to the fly, right? Here he comes, man, I'm going to eat you up. The king of Assyria says, on what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have strategy and military strength, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Boy, those are some big bad words, aren't they? Truth is, is in the natural From one perspective, he may have had an appropriate thing to say here. He was an absolutely, the the army that was before them was a dominant army. But it's only perspective. He was only half right. He was a spider, but the people of Israel were not a fly before him. (laughs) They were the spider smacker. Some of us need to understand that. We're walking around like we're a fly and all these things are around us and we've got to be fearful of them. Just smack it. Everybody, just smack it. I'm a spider smacker. 
Spider smacker. I, I remember one time growing up as a kid, uh, my dad was going for a fly, sitting down, watching TV. I was 13 or 14. I was Olivia's age. My dad missed it. He, just the eyesight was getting a little funky. And he, with both hands, pow, right on both sides of my head. His intent was to, to get the fly that was right in front of my face. So not only do I have a fly issue, I mean, he went, pow! <laughs> and I was just like... And the look on my dad's face was actually pretty priceless. He was like, oh, my goodness! You know what? It was funny. Uh, my ears eventually quit ringing. Everything was good. Praise God. Hey. What the enemy is throwing at you, just smack it and move on. Be a spider smacker in this because this, this defense, what he's got built up here, we know the rest of the story. We know that uh, they pray and what happens? One angel comes and takes care of 185,000 of the enemy. One angel. Uh, that, that spider seems so strong to you then? God's, God's power was a spider smacker. He destroyed not only the king, but this entire army. Put them down in one evening, one night, one angel. How much, how much force do you need from the Lord? What are you facing? What do you need to have your confidence built in? Our confidence is not in the strength of our own arm. It's not in the horse and the rider. It's in what God can do. I'm not going to trust in chariots. I'm not going to trust in horses. I'm not going to trust in what I can do. But that's easier said than done, isn't it? You know how you actually can start trusting in only God instead of your strength? He has to show you how weak you are. He has to show you that you're like, no, I, I got this. No, really, guys, I got this. And then you have to not do it. Or we could just say, Lord, we're dependent upon you. Lord, we can only do what we see you say. Lord, we're confident that you can take care of this. I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. Um, that's a difficult task. I'm not going to hold on to things that I want to hold on to. I'm going to trust that I'm going to give you all that I am so that, what? so that you'll do something beautiful in me. We just sang this tonight. The thing is, is to have true confidence in the Lord, there is no other way to do it. Yeah. I, give you, I give it all to you, Lord, trusting that you'll make something beautiful of me. Well, duh. That's the only way. You can't give part of it to Him and trust Him that He'll make something beautiful. But how many times do we... I'm not talking about the church in general. I'm not talking about the church in America. I'm not talking about these things that are not even really the church, but we call them. I'm talking about us tonight. Amen. We're home. I'm going I'm to circle us up. Our family right here. Amen. How many times do we trust in things that we're doing? We haven't given Him our all, but we've said we've given Him our all. Yeah. Is there anybody in the room that hasn't said that you've given all the, the Lord your all? I mean, everybody said you've given Him your all, right? Yeah. If not, then you need to repent. The problem isn't all of us saying it. The problem is us living it. The problem isn't us articulating it with our mouth, but living it with the truthfulness of our heart. It's that in every area, Lord, I've laid it all on the altar. What happens when you find there's something that you kept in your back pocket? Oh, I forgot about that. Why, well, man, when the Lord shows it to you, you know what you do? You lay that on the altar and let him consume it with fire. Oh, I forgot about this little small part in my, in my house. Put it on the altar immediately. Put it on there. You can't say, Lord, I've given it all to you, and you really, in the back of your mind, you know that there's something there. 
You know that there's something that you're really hanging on to. You're holding on to your own way, your own thoughts, your own tradition, your own whatever it is. If you want to be confident for every little bit of something that you hold back, it destroys your confidence in an exponential amount. You hold back one thing and you know what it does? It ruins your confidence times 10. You hold back a few things, it holds back your confidence times 10. And now you're really walking around and you're saying one thing, but you don't actually have the confidence to walk in what the Lord has told you. You don't yet have a fortress of confidence. You don't yet have a hope strength that you can really go forward in. You don't have a strong confidence. What you do is, every, now, how do I know this? Because when something happens and we crumble, all confidence, how quickly does your confidence leave you? And the quickness how the confidence leaves you is how much you can tell that you're holding back from the Lord. How's that for you? If you can walk around in confidence and go, Lord, I don't have anything anyway. It's all yours anyway. We've just, I, if I lose, it's because you allowed me to lose, and that's your will. I have, no, I have no fight left in me against this. I just want to do what you want me to do. You could be really, really confident. Amen. The Lord of all creation stands with you. You're not having, walking around with a spider web trying to say that it's a fortress. You're saying, Lord, you're with me. How many of you have lost confidence in the last two weeks? Come on, then this is for us, isn't it? One difficulty comes along and we're shaking in our boots. That's not God's plan for you. (laughs) He wants us to have a fortress. Everybody say fortress. A fortress of confidence. I don't care how many sales you make. I don't care. I want you to walk in confidence. I don't care how difficult things to get on the job. I want you to walk in confidence. I don't care how many adversities come in your life and how difficult things are. I want you to walk in confidence. It doesn't matter to me how long you've been waiting for the promise to come true. (laughs) I'm a soft-hearted guy. I want things to work out for you. But it doesn't matter if you're walking in confidence. Amen? Amen? Let's take a look at another scripture here. Let's take a look at Psalm chapter 71. Turn to Psalm chapter 71. Hezekiah had the right kind of hope strength. He had the right kind of strong confidence. Before I read this to you out of Psalm chapter 71 and verse 5, I want to read to you a little little passage that I found today. This is entitled, The Courageous Christian. This was a a man by the name of John Chrysostom. Sounds like the word Christendom, but it's John Christendom. He lived from 349 to 407 A.D. in the area of Antioch, Turkey. Just saying. Just from Persia. Just saying, people. What he was best known for was denouncing political and ecclesiastical leaders for the sin that they were involved in. Listen to this little... Listen to this little um, excerpt. John Chrysostom, the ancient church father, was a beautiful example of true Christian courage. When he stood before the Roman emperor, it's kind of like Hezekiah standing before Sennacherib, he was threatened with banishment if he still remained a Christian. Chrysostom replied, you cannot, you, you cannot banish me, for the world is my father's house. You can't banish me from the whole world. 
but I will slay you, said the spider to the fly. I'm sorry, said the emperor. No, but you cannot, said the noble champion of the faith again, for my life is hidden with Christ in God. You can't get to me. You can't kill me even if you wanted to. I will take away the treasures. <laughs> no, but you cannot, was the retort. In the first place, I have nothing you know anything about. My treasure is in heaven and my heart is there. But I will drive you away from man and you shall have no friend left. No, and that you cannot, once more said the faithful witness. For I have a friend in heaven for whom you shall not separate me. I defy you. There is nothing you can do to hurt me. Yeah. Does that cause something to rise up within yeah. you? It should. That's, the, that's what this is designed to do. When we see other men, when we see other people go before us and say, I will stand and do this correctly. Listen to what he did, though. I'm going to take your life. No, you can't do that. It's already hidden. Uh, I'm, I'm going to banish you. I'm going to, I'm going to separate you from your people. No, nope. I've already separated myself. I've already chosen a new home. I'm going to take away then all you have, all your stuff. You won't have what you need. It's all right. You can't mess with that because God is going to give me everything that I need. Tell you what, I'm going to make you alone. Aren't these the areas that, that, that mankind still wrestles with? Your provision. Yeah. Your, your being alone. You being exiled from the place that you want to be. Not having the freedom that you think you should have. Not having the liberty to do what you want to do. It's already, I've already given. And then your very life. It's almost like Brother John Christendom had an understanding of what it was like to be in a fortress of confidence. Amen. Psalm chapter 71. Let's look at verse 5. Are you there with me? There. For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. Come on now. What I love about our church, I, I, I picked on AJ a little bit earlier. I love the fact that A.J. will only know what it's like to walk in absolute obedience to the That's Father. Right. I love the fact that I can look over here and see our youth and know that they are already so far ahead of anywhere that I ever was at that age. We have youth who now are having PC study Bible on their laptops. It's crazy. When I was 14, like my daughter, you know what I wasn't doing? Having a youth, um, uh, giving a word to the youth that included law, prophets, writing, older and newer testament, and a paleo Hebrew. Yeah, I could barely do that now. <laughs> They're going to feel so comfortable with this. They're going to be raised from their youth. For you have been my hope, my hope strength, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. Maybe this isn't your natural birth, but maybe this is your spiritual birth. Immediately from you being birthed, you're supposed to learn to rely completely on Him. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. Come on now. Isn't it good to be a portent? I have to be honest. I had to look up the word. I didn't know it. I have become like a sign. 
has become like a sign to many. Lord, there are other people that are watching me and they're trying to see what's going on and they can't really figure it out. They can't figure out if I'm a good sign or a bad sign. They can't figure out if I'm a cautionary tale. These people, they sell everything they have and they live in almost like commune kind of situations where families live together. What are they doing? I can't... Uh, what's, what is going on here? We've become a portent to many. We've become a sign. Some good, some bad. You guys are crazy. You shouldn't have to do... This, this is not how the kingdom is done. No, this is exactly how the kingdom is done. Just read your Bible. You see that this is exactly... What's so weird about it is that no one else around us... There are many across the globe that are, but not often that we see in our purview. So we become such an oddity. We become... <laughs> We're just strange to the world. It's almost like we're a peculiar people. And what happens is, is that you, O oh Lord, have become our strong refuge. You've set us up. You have encased us. You have walled around us. Let's turn to Zechariah chapter 2. Zechariah chapter 2. Good word. Amen. And verse 3. Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 3. Then the angel who was speaking to me left, and another angel came to meet him. This is fun. Got angels just hanging out, talking to each other while people are looking wrong. And he said to him, run and tell that young man. Better run and tell that. Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of men and livestock in it. Now, you're supposed to go tell them this, right? The city without walls. This is a day and time. I thought, I thought we were supposed to have a strong refuge. I thought we were supposed to have this fortress. I thought we were supposed to have this hope strength that was around us, that, that buffets us against, against the enemy, that we can stand strong. There will be a city without walls because of the great number of men and livestock in it. Verse 5. Oh, this is why. And I myself will be a wall of fire around it. You can either build up your own walls or you can let the Lord himself be the wall of fire around you. And, and, everybody say and. and. What a great word. He's already going to be the wall of fire around us and he's going to be the glory within we, we could stop now. We could read this verse and be done and let you chew on that and let you get revelation from this because this is what this is all about. You want to have a hope that's strong? You want to have a strong confidence in the Lord? What you have is you have Him being a wall of fire around you and the very glory that's within. Man, that's the fortress that I want to be in. That is a fortress of confidence. Does this make it sound like, can anything penetrate His wall of fire? Can anything dominate His glory that's within? No! You can stand strong in what He's doing. This is an incredible passage talking about Him giving us a fortress of confidence. This hope strength that we have. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 26. This has been a verse that has been uh, rolling around in my heart. I hear different people uh, I see people at our kitchen table and they're studying Isaiah 26, 3. Isaiah 26, 3 is where we're heading. I'm going to share it again. 
because I like it. You know, in the Hebrew, there are actually seven words in this scripture. Amazing. You will keep in perfect peace. You will keep in shalom, shalom. So good, had to say it again. You will keep in shalom, shalom. Him whose mind is steadfast. You know what the word there is? It's a word that uh, sounds like the letter. It's psalmic. The word there means that you can rest who's steadfast. You will keep in shalom, shalom, him whose mind is steadfast. You can rest in what the Lord has done. You can lean upon it. You can prop yourself up against it. You are steadfast because you are putting, you are able to rest. How many of you you have trouble having your mind get to rest? When you lay down at night, it's humming, smoke still coming out of your ears, right? God will keep and give you shalom, shalom, the right order in your home, in your life, in your heart, in your family, in your jobs. He will give you the ultimate form of that, the completed form of that when you keep your mind at rest in Him. Because He trusts in you. How do you keep your mind resting in Him? You trust. You have confidence is another word here. You have confidence in your God. You know what I found? As I was going through and seeing all these different words in the Hebrew used, many of them are often used in combination with each other. It's not just seven Hebrew words. It's words that are used, and I I see them in tandem here. I see three of them in this verse, and they're trying to say, this is how you build your confidence. This is how you build your confidence. This is how you build your confidence. You have a steadfast mind. You're resting in Him, and you've put your confidence in the Lord. You've, you've designed, if you desire to let him be the wall of fire around you and the glory within, this is how you build your confidence. You don't build it because you keep just going out and doing what you think you ought to do. We don't just go and do what we get. We don't just do anything we want to do. We build our confidence. And you know what he does? He puts everything in our life in the right order for us. Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. We're going to go back to the idea of Hezekiah here and Sennacherib just for a minute. Second Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 8. I just thought I'd use a parallel passage here. I like, I like this, this story. I like to, uh, for us to see it from different angles. 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 8 says this. With him is only the arm of flesh. Actually, let's go ahead and let's go back to 6. I think this will help us. Let's go back to verse 6. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words. This is Hezekiah speaking to his leaders. Be strong and courageous. Rock Kazakh. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged because the king of Assyria and the vast army with him 
uh, of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. Does that sound familiar? Greater is he who is in us. With him is only the arm of flesh. He's not discounting it. Hezekiah has no problem looking at reality and say, he does have an arm of strength. He has something about what they're doing, but it's only an arm of flesh. That spider web is only strong if you're from the spider's size. Only from that perspective. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to be a spider smacker. Amen. And to help us fight our battles. And look at what it says. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. Amen. It's designed. This is why we gather together, by the way. One of the reasons we gather together is so we go, hey, 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 everybody, wake up. We're here. We're here together. Let's be encouraged. Let's find our confidence. When the words come forth, it not only challenges us, it encourages us. It motivates us. We've got to come before the Lord and stay holy and pure. He is a holy God. We're supposed to come and gain confidence when we say, hey man, I see Nolan and Tara and they're doing it. They're, they, are, they are achieving what God has for their life. They're succeeding. And oh, I know they're not perfect. I don't need them to be perfect. I see them taking such great strides. You know what it does in me? It builds confidence. Because they serve the same God that I do. And He can strengthen them. And He won't leave me out if He strengthened them. Oh Lord. Hey, Nolan, come pray for me. My confidence is a little shaken. Can you, can you come pray for me? Hey, brother, let's do this. And what happens here, by the way, when we read earlier about that letter from, from the king of Assyria, what the king didn't know is he was asking the question, what are you basing your confidence on? What the king of Assyria didn't know is that God's people already had the answer. This was two verses before that. They had already said, you know what? We're going to put our hope and our trust in the Lord. He's got the only the arm of flesh, but we have our God, the God of all creation. He is on our side, and the people were confident. So it didn't matter what happened later on because they had already had the victory before the question was asked. Amen. That's what confidence does in you. You have the right answer before the question is asked. Come on, Curtis. That's good, man. You, when you're walking with the Lord... You'll have the right answer before you even know what the question is. I've already died. What are you going to do to me? Come on, John Christendom. What are you going to do? What are you going to take from me? I've already given it. What are you going to separate me from? I've already separated myself from this world. I've already done it. What is there left for you to do? You can be confident in that. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 34. You know, it's an incredible thing. Hezekiah and the people put their rest they put their hope, they put their trust in the Lord. They already had the answer. What an incredible thing when we put our hope and our trust in the Lord. But let's see what happens in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 9. This is Moses. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled. Everybody say filled. Filled. Man. Filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had done what? He had allowed his hands to rest upon Joshua, to somic upon Joshua. Okay, think about this for a second. Moses, one of the greatest leaders that mankind has ever known, is about to now have to put his confidence, his hope strength in someone else. 
I don't care how good this someone else is. Can we just focus on Moses for a second? This is a big deal. <laughs> when I came into this church, what I saw was two godly men that I respect more than I can put words to. And they're my friends. I treasure them. And you know what they did? They started encouraging me and started resting things within me that I, I, I'm still flabbergasted by. I'm still overwhelmed by. Moses is doing this for a whole nation of people. He's laying his hands. He is resting. In Chronicles, what we saw was a group of people resting their hope in the Lord. What happens here is we see that the Lord is resting his presence on this man. When we rest our hope on him, I can assure you, when we do this the right way, he can put his spirit. Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had the authority. He took the authority that was in the heavens and through laying on of hands, he placed it onto Joshua so that the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. You see the fruit of this. Let me encourage you, folks. It's not just, I'm not just saying we have to put our trust on him. That is part of this. You have to do that. You cannot rely on your own arm. But you know what part of this is? Is that he then becomes and begins to rest upon you. He then can entrust you with, oh, I don't know, maybe the baptism of the Holy Spirit to equip you, to help you, to help you to work through. He gives you confirmation that you can sense that you are His. How many people know? I've got friends. I'm not even going to ask the question because we all know people. I have friends who they're never quite sure that they were ever saved. There's always a question. It might be because they're not saved. It might be because there's still a question and they should be questioned. But you know what happens when we really start to have our confidence in the Lord? We can feel His approval upon our lives. We can feel Him speak to us. We can sit down with the Word and say, Lord, I'm about to go into a meeting with friends. Lord, would You give me something for my friends? Would you give me a scripture, an encouragement, a thought, a word, a hymn, something? Would you give me something for them? And you know what he does? He does it. Amen. He gives you a word. He gives you a scripture. He gives you something. And sometimes you're not very confident in giving it. And you know what happens? You find out that he's resting upon you. I've put my trust in him. And now I can feel that he's resting upon me. When my kids are little, We'd, especially Gabe, we'd wrestle around. I'd love, I was much more gentle with my daughters and we're playing around. But you know what sometimes? Daddy, just, they just want a huge bear hug from their daddy. They just want to feel the strength that a dad has. They want to feel the loving embrace of a father. And they could be doing stuff and, you know, a little girl that runs around, don't chase me, daddy. <laughs> don't chase me. I'm going to sit here and run slow enough so even you can catch me. Don't you want to be like that with the Lord? Would you just embrace me, Lord? Would you just rest upon me for a minute? Amen. I just, I'm just a little discouraged. I'm a little tired, Lord. I've gotten a little sidetracked on these things. Would you just come and hug me? Would you just come and let me feel your presence in a weighty kind of manner? You just felt that, didn't you? That's what it's like when He rests upon you. 
I'm talking to you tonight, and I'm not just giving you words. The Lord is trying to rest upon some of you. Amen. This is what he is doing. We can talk about peace, but when he comes in, he is peace, and you feel him. You feel his presence, and you are at peace. I no longer have to explain to you what peace is like because you feel it. I don't have to explain to you what it feels like to have God rest upon you when he's resting upon you. How, how can I explain what that is? It's such a small version. And what he's doing to us tonight is he's telling us and he's encouraging us with his word, but he's also allowing us to feel it. Wow. Moses laid his hands on Joshua. And God decided to lay his spirit upon Joshua. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 37. Psalm 37. Psalm 37. While we're here close, I'm thinking about JJ and all the great things that are going on in his life. And I remember him sharing with me a word from Psalm 27. I am confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Man, what an incredible thing. I I listen to you, JJ. I try to pay attention. Psalm 37, chapter, uh, chapter 37, verse 3. It says this. It says, Trust in the Lord. Have confidence in the Lord. Rest in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy what? Safe pasture. You know why you can enjoy safe pasture? Because He's a wall of fire around you and He's the glory within. You can enjoy the safety of what God is doing. Delight yourself in the Lord. Be happy. Be uh, soft-hearted. Be pliable before the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that why we, part of why we don't go full out to be confident in the Lord? Why we really don't give Him our all is because we're afraid. We're actually not trusting. We're doing the opposite of trust. We're sinning before the Lord because we keep what we want to keep because we're not actually sure that He'll give us the desires of our heart. That's what it comes down to. If I really give it all, if I give everything that I have, if I do everything that I'm supposed to do, the truth is is I'm afraid that He won't actually come through. So I better, you know, logic would have it. It's sin. It's not logic. Sin would have it that I should keep just a little bit back, just in case. Just in case. Let me keep just a little bit of something, something. Because if I'm completely spent in the Lord and I don't make it, I literally have nothing to do anything with. Delight yourself in the Lord. Be soft, be pliable, give every bit of what you have to the Lord. And He will give you. Is His Scripture true or not? Every word of this is true. He, delight yourself in the Lord, and it's a joy to delight yourself in the Lord. This is not a task. This is something that you get to do. You get to delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. You, we really need to ask the Lord to show us this. Amen. We really need to ask the Lord to show us this. If you've done this a thousand times, you know what you have to do? Is you have to check on it again today. Mm-hmm. Lord, I, I think I've given you everything. Lord, would you show me if I haven't? Lord, am I not staying pliable and soft-hearted before you? Have I gotten calloused in a certain area? Lord, 
I know I trust in you. You'll give me the desires of my heart, but I just want to focus on the delighting myself in you. I just want to focus in on that. Look at the next verse. Commit your ways to the Lord. I'm sorry. Commit your way to the Lord. There's a difference that we have here, right? You can talk about sins, the specific sins, or you can talk about sin as an entirety. You could talk about your ways to the Lord. I commit my ways to the Lord. My financial, my emotional, whatever. What does this say? Commit your way to the Lord. What's the difference, Pastor? This one means every bit of it. There's no way to say, I've given my ways to the Lord. This says, I've got to give it all to Him. I've got to have an all or nothing aspect. When I commit my way, every part of me to the Lord, to trust in Him and He will do this. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will be a strong fortress for you. He will be a wall of fire uh, around you and the glory within. He will do what He's promised. He's not a man that He should lie. He will. I can have confidence in this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not somewhere off in the future, nebulous, somewhere else. I can see the goodness of the Lord now in the land of the living. I can have confidence in this because He says He'll do it when I what? When I really trust in Him. Amen. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 7. The Lord will give us safe pasture. He will give us the desires of our heart. He will be the wall of fire around us. He will be our hope strength. Come on now. Are you you catching this? Verse 7. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Are you fearing when heat comes? You shouldn't be. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. Are your leaves always green? It has no worries in a year of drought. How many of you have ever been in a year of drought? How many of your jobs? You're like, well, this is a year of drought. You have no worries. And never fails to bear fruit. Look at verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his uh, deeds deserve. Come on, guys. We're supposed to have confidence. We're supposed to be able to walk in confidence in the Lord. Let's go to the Newer Testament. We've had law, prophet, writings, multiple in each of these. Let's go to the Newer Testament. Luke chapter 18. I want to encourage you tonight. Do not let your confidence be shaken. Look at Luke verse 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 9. <laughs> this just struck me in a really interesting way today. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. This is a parable of a Pharisee and a tax collector. I'm not even going to read the parable to you. You're welcome to read that. 
the reason that Jesus told the parable was because these people had the confidence. They had confidence, all right. I'm not just saying a blanket statement on confidence because these people had confidence. They just had it completely in themselves and what? In their own righteousness. They measured themselves by themselves. Doing pretty good. They, they, they took a look at themselves and measured it by their own standards and said, yep, doing great. And Jesus told an entire parable to get at their heart because of what was going on. They were, <laughs> these men were bold because of their companions. They were, they were bold as they measured themselves against each other and against those around them. Hey, we are standing and we're a Pharisee. As far as religiousness, man, we got it, we got it made. We can look, we're looking down upon people. Um, my, my little brother is a big guy. I've seen him in various wrestling matches, whether sanctioned and on a mat or just in various places. I've literally seen my brother make grown men scream in pain. He does the most incredible, crazy wrestling moves on them, and they're just twisted up like a pretzel. Not quite sure how they even got there or how someone my brother's size can move that quickly. But there they are, tapping out, screaming for their mom. If I, have, if I walk around with my brother, I could be pretty bold. <laughs> I mean, I, I could, be, I could, be, I could uh, be really secure. Uh, I, it's, it's, we're having such a good time living with the Stevens and uh, Pastor Eric and, and, and Winston. Such an interesting thing to watch. I am not an animal hater. I'm not. Just, I'm not particularly affectionate. Although, anywhere I sit, the animals come to me. I'm like Ace Ventura. Ooh, they all come right here. It's amazing. It's just the glory of the Lord. But Pastor Eric loves Winston. He loves Winston. And, and there are some dogs in the, in the neighborhood in the neighbor behind us and Winston man you would think he was a pit bull <laughs> but I've noticed something about Winston he's like a pit bull when his daddy Eric is standing right behind him <laughs> the second that he realizes Eric is no longer there <laughs> runs off hey so what is our confidence being based in are we trusting in things? Are we, are we trusting in it because we're, we, we feel like we're in a right group and so we have this, uh, this swagger? You, you walk around and you can do things. Why? Because I'm in the group. Yeah, what I want us to have is I want you to have a fortress of confidence in your walk with the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely, we can be encouraged by the body when the body is doing the right things, but I want to encourage you. What, what happens when you're at work? Yeah. Do, do you whimper on off? Because you had your confidence only in the group? The Lord is going to be your confidence. The Lord can be your fortress of confidence. The Lord can give you the desires of your heart as you trust in Him. This is supposed to be, we get better as each one of us grow in strength. It doesn't diminish that, but we have to have our boldness in the right place. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm rounding the corner, Pastor. 2 Corinthians chapter 3.
I just got a couple more scriptures here. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, let's start in verse 4. It says this, Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Our confidence comes through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Does your competence come from God? Do you feel competent and confident because of what the Lord is doing in your life? This is what this is talking about. We have no other competence. We have nothing else to have confidence in unless it's through what the Lord's doing in our life. You hear this throughout the Newer Testament. You hear it throughout the Older Testament. When Paul is saying, look, all those things that I once took confidence in, I count them as rubbish. I count them worse than rubbish. I count them as dung. I count them as the most offensive things that you can imagine. That's what all of my trophies, all of my awards, all of the things I've achieved, they're like refuse. I don't want to have confidence in any of that. I only want to have confidence in the competence that comes from the Lord. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Do you have a problem wanting to get the letter right, but not the Spirit right? Are you one of those? Tell me exactly what those rules are so I can figure out where I can bend them. Tell me exactly what... Wait, wait, what did you say? You said that I... Not, not going to overly harp on the youth, but this is typically a sign of immaturity, right? Dad, you didn't say that I couldn't do this. What you said was, well, now magically you can hear me? What is going on here? With perfect, precise recall. As if they had recorded it in their little brains. And they're now playing back to you your exact words. How come you can't go take out the garbage and do the dishes? How come you can't remember those two things? But you can remember that I said. You can remember that I said. Dad, you said that I could not do this. So technically, I did not do that. I did everything around that. I danced upon it and over it and around it. But I did not do that. You know what that got you in my house? They got you punished, man. You knew what I meant. You're going to try to get all technical. And I'm glad that you have super genius powers when it comes to exactly what you want to do. You know where this is going, right? How about you? It's funny when it's the kids. I mean, we've all been there. We were all the kids that were doing it. It's funny when it's them. How about you? Lord, okay, the Lord said this, so I'm going to go with this, but I'm really going to kind of excuse anything else around that that I want to do. You know why? Because I just want to do it. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. Come on now, stay with me here. I'm trying to follow the Spirit of what God is saying. (laughs) 
Because if I follow the Spirit, if I get His heart right and I follow His heart, you know what else happens? Everything else falls into shalom, shalom. He will keep me in perfect shalom, shalom, in perfect peace. When my mind, my imaginations, my thoughts, the inclinations of my heart are resting upon Him, you know what He'll do? He'll cause this thing to work out. I don't... I really want to do things well. I really do. But I want to please my Lord more than I want to get things right. That sounds contradictory, right? I I can do something right and not please the Lord. I can do the technical aspects of what He said and have a terrible heart. He could care less. This is entirely what Jesus, what the Lord was saying to the nation of Israel. You think I want sacrifices? Um, but you told us to make sacrifices. You spent, you got, you got a whole book about it. You got all kinds of stuff that's telling me to do this. Now you're saying you don't want me to do this? Why don't you make up your mind, Lord? How about you realize it's not about the letter, it's about the spirit. Do you understand his heart? He wants to draw you close. He wants to keep you close to him. When you're sinning, you stay apart from him and you lose the confidence. You do what you want, you lose confidence. You do what he wants, you gain confidence. You do the hard thing that God has asked you to do, it builds your confidence. You completely leave yourself just completely without any resources of your own. You know what he does? He meets you right where you are. He picks you up and he shows you that he is a good God. He gives you the confidence that you need. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. (laughs) For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Don't get lost in the minutia of your life. Don't get lost in trying to be technically correct before the Lord. Hear His heart and run after it passionately. How is it that David could be the man after God's heart and he had adultery and murder on his rap sheet? Because he went after the Spirit and it gave him life. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. You're going to like this one. Goodness gracious. Verse 28. 1 John 2, 28. It says this, And now, dear children, by the way, when the Lord's talking to you, don't miss the fact that He's calling you a dear child. And now, dear children, don't look at that as condescending. Look at it as, oh, God, He really loves me. Continue in Him so that when He appears, we may be what? Confident and... There it is again. <laughs> you can be confident and you can be unashamed Amen. before Him. You can be unashamed, not just in your own way, measuring yourself against yourself. You can be confident and unashamed before Him when He comes back. This is what's at stake. Now, dear children, you know what we're going to do as LCM? We're going to continue in Him. Amen. He had a rotten day. You did it poorly. You totally messed up. Repent. Bring it to the altar and then continue in Him. Realize that you've been trying to give it all to the Lord and there's been huge areas where it have been missing and you haven't given it all to the Lord? Repent. Get it right. Give it all to the Lord. And then continue in Him. You know why? Because you can be confident that when you do this, you're going to end up exactly where He wants you. He is going to be with you. You can be confident and unashamed. Last verse. Revelation chapter 21. 
21. Revelation 21 and verse 3. And I heard a loud voice. (laughs) I heard a loud voice from the throne. When God wants to get your attention, He can make sure that, that you hear Him. I used to walk around and I'd be fearful that I just wouldn't hear from the Lord. I had some weird thing. I just wasn't confident in being able to hear from the Lord. You know what? (laughs) I'm one of His. I'm continuing in Him. If He has to write it in the clouds because I'm just that dense, He'll take good care of me. I can be confident in Him. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. The whole point of this his desire. You can be confident because the dwelling of God is with men. He's made the journey. He has come the distance and He has closed the gap for us. And He will live with them. They will be His people. Everybody say His people. people. And God Himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye. When you get discouraged, when you get worn out, when you lose your confidence, He's going to wipe it from your eye. He can do that. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. You know that old order is you having confidence in your own strength. When all those things get away, you can rest in Him because He is with you and it makes all the difference. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy. We can be confident in them because they're true. Amen. I just want to encourage you tonight. Tonight, I'm believing that the Lord will do something new in, in us. Yes. Those who have not walked in confidence, those who get blown and tossed aside from every uh, wind that blows in either direction, you lose your confidence today, the next day you're great. Three days later, you're trembling again. This is too much. I can't handle this. And we go flesh out. What an appropriate way to say that, right? And then we have to come and we repent. And then we, we have this cycle. We have this, this roller coaster of we're close to God. We're far from God. We're close to God. We're far from God. I'm just going to have a steady incline that keeps me going up because I'm confident. I'm confident of this, that He can be my hope strength, that He can be my strong confidence, that He will be a secure place for me, that He will be a fortress of confidence, that He will be a wall of fire with, around me, and He will be the glory within. 